The Reminiscing in Time podcast is brought to you by the Indiana University Jacobs School of Music Centennial Committee and Office of Communications. Join the celebration online at music.indiana.edu. John Christopher Porter, and this is Reminiscing in Time from the IU Jacobs School of Music. In this special episode of Reminiscing in Time, we remember Jacobs faculty member Aida Husseinova, who taught for several years in our Music and General Studies department. Though her career was an illustrious one, collaborating with the likes of the Silk Road Ensemble, Kronos Quartet, and the Mark Morris Dance Group, not to mention authoring numerous articles and books, Husseinova was a warm, generous educator who spoke with humility and grace, as you'll hear in our conversation from December of last year. Husseinova died on June 20th in Istanbul at the age of 57. Aida, thank you so much for joining us on Reminiscing in Time. To begin, share with us a little bit about your background in music. So I was born and raised in Baku, Azerbaijan, and I got my music education um, at the Azerbaijan State Conservatory. Um, Then I received my PhD in musicology from St. Petersburg Conservatory in Russia. So that was my second chapter of my musical training. And I'm a musicologist, and I'm also a classically trained pianist. When did you first come to the U.S. to teach music? First, I came to the United States in 2000, and I was a part of the exchange program between Indiana University and Baku State University. Um, So I came a couple of times before I became a Fulbright scholar and arrived in Bloomington in 2007. And in 2008, I began teaching for the Music in General Studies That was the beginning of my teaching at the Jacobs School of Music. What is your area of expertise in music and general studies? What courses do you teach? I teach music of the Silk Road. That was the first class that I designed and it was great pleasure to uh, offer it and teach it, start teaching it in 2014, I believe. Um, Then I designed three more classes. One of them is Music of Russia, then East-West Encounters of Music, and Popular Music of Europe and Asia. So I'm trying to explore the area of uh, meeting different cultures, meeting different music traditions. So we discuss the unique styles and genres that emerged on the crossroads of cultures and traditions. And do you have a favorite course that you teach? (laughs) Well, I love all of them. I love all of them. Uh, Music of the Silk Road is uh, very dear to me, maybe because that was the first class that I designed for Jacobs School of Music. And also it encompasses my experience um, 
of uh, doing research advisory for the Silk Road Ensemble founded by Yo-Yo Ma um, as a research advisor for the uh, Mark Morris Dance Group. So I invested um, a lot of expertise and my personal experience into the content of this class. And I continue to improve it and to change it every time I teach it. So uh, again, I wouldn't want to say that this is my favorite. I love all four classes that I teach. It is very near and dear to your heart, though. That's very evident. One of the unique things, one of the most significant things about music and general studies is that you and your colleagues teach students who are not music majors. It seems like that can be somewhat of a disservice because I'm learning about all of these wonderful courses that you all teach that many of our music majors never get to experience. I'm listening to you describe your Silk Road class, which I've done a little reading up on, and it seems so fascinating to me. What do you love most about teaching music to non-music majors? That's a great question. So teaching music to non-music majors is a challenge and uh, uh, the most enjoyable part of my teaching at the same time. I think the, the, the main purpose is to find the way of delivering the content to non-musicians without simplifying it, oversimplifying it, and without uh, doing it uh, in the most, let's say, challenging way. You have to consider the nature of the audience of students crowd that you are uh, talking to, and you want them to understand it and to enjoy uh, the class content and to enjoy class discussions. So I think uh, figuring out and finding this, the fine line and the balance between delivering the content to the fullest and in the meantime, making it accessible to non-musicians is the most enjoyable part. I really love it. I enjoy it. Are there ever opportunities to bring in musicians to perform for your students? Of course, of course. Uh, I actually value this opportunity and I'm glad that the Music and General Studies always supports the program and Connie always supports these ideas. Um, I had music musicians from um, actually Bloomington, some great local musicians that bring their expertise. And um, I know that these classes and these class meetings are always, I would say, the best because uh, the students are exposed to real music and they are have the opportunity to ask uh, musicians the questions that they're intrigued with. Um, I also had musicians from other countries. Uh, Bloomington is a great place um, that is visited by musicians from all over the world. And where, whenever the opportunity arises, I invite those musicians to my classes and they, great job. And actually during this pandemic, um, I had the opportunity to have virtual guests. So I had great musicians from uh, far away who could join our class meetings and share their expertise with the students in my classes. It sounds like so many of your music teaching colleagues that you've made the best of having to rely on virtual technology to teach your courses and what a great opportunity to bring in some of your friends from around the world to share their musical gifts with your students. That's so inspiring. That's right. That's right. I just uh, tried to 
um, use all the advantages and benefits that the modern technology allows us to, to use. So yes, you're right. It sounds like you've really found your home in our music and general studies program, but you're a musicologist by training. Have you ever considered embarking on more of a musicological teaching career at this stage in your life? Well, I continue to be a musicologist and actually while teaching for the music and general studies, I published the monograph. Uh, you press published my book, a music of Azerbaijan from Mugam to opera. And uh, I'm very proud of this, uh, this publication. It's, this is the first uh, book in English language that discusses the accomplishments of Azerbaijani musicians that emerged on the crossroads of the East and the West. So it's still the same area that I teach. I publish articles and uh, participate in uh, American Musicology Society uh, meeting. So, yeah, I continue being a musicologist and I'm in touch with my colleagues, musicologists in Jacobs and beyond. Aida, congratulations on your book, Music of Azerbaijan, From Moog Am to Opera from IU Press. Where can our listeners go to find your book? Oh, thank you. Um, the book is accessible through IU Press and um, all virtual sellers such as Amazon and uh, Barnes and Nobles and Borders, I think all of them have it in different versions. And there is a website attached to the book. And this website can be accessed by anyone. You don't have to buy a book to listen to the musical examples to illustrate the discussion in the book. In a recent conversation that I had with Connie Cook Glenn, she attributes so much of the success of your department to the adjunct instructors, many of whom are Jacobs graduate students or alums, among other scholars from elsewhere. Can you comment on this? Well, yes, I started as an adjunct instructor as well. And I was teaching music theory on different levels of it, and actually started teaching music of the Silk Road as an adjunct. Yes, I think it's, um, it's one of the unique features of our department. And uh, I met with many, many musicologists and music theorists and pianists who teach for music and general studies as, as adjunct instructors. I think all of them are great. And it's a valuable experience. It's a very, very important experience for me personally to go through this stage and then to become uh, full-time faculty. What are your thoughts, Aida, on the future of your department? Where do you see music in general studies in, say, five to ten years? Well, I've already witnessed the huge development, um, I would say the huge journey that music in general studies uh, program and department um, went through since 2000, 2000, actually, that was when I first came to this department and I was actually working as a teaching assistant at that time. So 21 years ago, and, and uh, that was the beginning of my you know, experience with the MGS. And Mary Getzi, who actually founded this program, was the chair at that time. Um, and I have to say that um, the Music and General Studies a program has developed immensely and all classes that were present got more and more students enrollment uh, 
and new classes are actually uh, offered, I would say every semester and every year. So such a variety of areas and uh, fields. Um, so students in Indiana University had this unique have, they have this unique opportunity of choosing among so many classes, each of them uh, is unique. If you are a, want to um, increase your knowledge of rock music, you go to uh, take classes in this area. Like any area of your interest has some, you know, the class and the subject in of music and general studies. So I think that this, pro this process will continue. I hope it will. And there will be even more classes and more areas and maybe even more ways of delivering class content. We went through this pandemic and of course, music education will never be the same after this uh, year of virtual teaching. So I believe there'll be new ways of uh, spreading knowledge of music uh, that will um, be addressed not only to the students in Bloomington at IU, but also maybe all around the world. So many things to explore and I hope this will happen. And that naturally leads me to my next question. In the Music and General Studies brochure, there is a very beautiful sentiment, the motto or mission statement of your program, you might say, music in your life. What does this mean to you and why is it so important to always keep music in our lives in one way or another? I think everyone has appreciation for music in one way or another. Um, even if this person doesn't admit it, but definitely some music styles or genres, they um, have some impact on our spiritual world. And um, music definitely makes people better. And during this pandemic, I think each of us realized um, the role of music in our lives. I will refer to the experience of Yo-Yo Ma, the greatest cellist uh, with whom I had pleasure of working uh, as a part of the Silk Road project. During this difficult time, um, just the, when the pandemic just started, he started recording uh, pieces that he called songs of comfort. And um, I, actually, I was teaching musical of the Silk Road class at that time. And uh, I actually um, gave the assignment of when students had to listen to some of Yo-Yo Ma's performances and write their responses, response papers. I was amazed at the variety of responses that I've received. Uh, some of them wrote that we listened to them, all our family gathered and listened, and uh, we just felt such a great response in our hearts. We felt better. We felt more hopeful. We felt that we are not alone in this uh, difficult time. So I think music, music has an immense, a tremendous impact on us. And maybe during these last months, we realized it even better than before. You could not have concluded our conversation more eloquently. Aida, thank you for reminiscing and time with me today and for all of the meaningful work you do here at Jacobs in music and general studies, and in keeping music in our lives. 
Thank you, John. Thank you. I appreciate this opportunity. And I thank you for the fle your flexibility. I am far away. I'm a little bit late, maybe, but I really appreciate that you found a way of talking to me. Aida Husseinova is the author of Music of Azerbaijan, From Mugam to Opera, available from Indiana University Press and most online booksellers. And that's our show. For Reminiscing in Time, I'm John Christopher Porter. Thanks for listening. Take care of yourselves and each other. Our theme music, Danabar, is by Luke Gillespie and performed by the composer and members of the IU Jazz Studies faculty on the album Moving Mists from Patois Records. The Reminiscing in Time podcast is produced by the Indiana University Jacob School of Music. Find us on Spotify, social media, or music.indiana.edu.